Hi guys, welcome back. It's Jacqueline. And Alana. And we're here for another episode of Black and Yellow. Hey everybody. Welcome back. Today is such an exciting episode. Yes, I'm excited. I am too. We are like literally <laughs> screaming and squealing, or at least we were off mic. We um were. because this is America. And we are artists and we are creators. And uh, it's an episode where Jackie and I get to fuse our love of acting and performance with this podcast. Uh-huh. So today we are talking about This Is America, the new Childish Gambino music video. Mm-hmm. We are going to unpack this bad boy from soups to nuts. And we are so <laughs> excited to do it. Soups to nuts? Is that a phrase? I think so. Who, yeah. I've never heard of that. What is that? Uh, don't ask me. I just heard it, but I don't oh. really know what it means. Um, I'm <laughs> showing my you. ass on that one. You are. Um, I think it just means from like top to bottom. I see. I like it. Soups to nuts. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take it. Learn something new every day, right? <laughs> Someone's going to ask me and I would be like, um, I don't know either. <laughs> I heard it from my friend. <laughs> I think that's how these sayings and that's phrases just start. keep going. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Um, so where were you when you saw this video? I think I was, I was just. I was just scrolling on my phone, I believe. Okay. And I had started to sort of see all the like the stills or the memes Got of uh, Childish Gambino and his sort of dance moves. And I think my phone was on silent, so I wasn't really sure what was happening. And then I kind of was like, what's all this all about? And then I looked it up and I watched it on my phone. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think I woke up on Sunday morning, which was after... The video premiered, though technically it premiered like at like midnight on yeah. Sunday. Um, and I have a text thread with a couple of my friends. And someone had posted the video to the text thread. Oh. And with the caption of, oh my God, this video. And I was like, waking up first thing in the morning, looked at really? it. I was still laying in bed like, oh my God, I am looking at this video about gun violence and being distracted while all of this tragedy is happening in our world and I am like laying in my safe place. (laughs) And I don't know if Gambino intended for me to have this video come into my life in such a way, but it did. I mean, first of all, I want to start off by saying that I've always loved Childish Gambino. I think he's an amazing actor. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing artist. He's just all around pretty darn fucking brilliant. Yeah, totally. Um, I've seen a little bit of Atlanta, and I really like it. I think it's just really raw and mm-hmm. real. Kind of surreal in a way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but what's really amazing for me, which is one of the first things I noticed, is that the the music video is directed mm-hmm. by this Japanese um, director, cinematographer, oh. called Hido Murai. Let's talk about that. I feel like no one talks about this interesting fact. Yeah, it was one of the first thing I picked up on, which I thought was really, really cool to sort of have this be, like, if this is America, like, really just not, I mean, not the music video, but that this is America. And it was just such a reflection of of having the, the Asian touch. Yeah. And American. And, and I thought it was really cool. So he's from Japan. He's born in Japan, Tokyo. And he moved here when he was, I believe, 7 or 13. He okay. graduated from USC um, for, for, with um, some, some obviously some degree for uh, cinematography, I believe. That's actually surprising to me. I thought you were going to say he graduated with a degree in... Business, math, oh, science, and right. then, but his true passion was yeah, cinematography, which is super cool. Yeah, so you kind of like knew right off the bat, and then he sort of bounced around and started doing a lot of freelance work um, for a while. I'm guessing, which is a great way to go. I think as a, as a as a 
as an artist. And then um, I think he started sort of finding his groove and his way through music videos. Cool. So he did a lot of music videos for a lot of artists. And then somehow, I don't know what the story is behind their friendship, but he actually ended up recording, uh, directing, pardon me, directing seven out of the 11 episodes oh. of the past season of Atlanta. Wow. Which I, I had was no really idea. Cool because usually... You know, for I don't know how much has changed, but usually for you know TV shows, there's multiple directors Correct. all the time for yeah. every episode. It's different. I mean, maybe one or two, or you know, if they really like them. But seven out of eleven—that's that's quite a bit. That's yeah. a lot of collaboration. That's a lot of trust to put in one person's ability yeah. and vision. And, and also maybe not not that he had so much to say. Hey, this is what I've the shows I've worked on. You know, he's come right. from more of a music video background, which which it's not that he's less than or anything. But, no, a know. lot of directors started there. Yeah, look at Joseph Kahn. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I thought that was awesome. And then the fact that he entrusted or that they had this vision together, I'm sure he had a lot lot to say yeah um, and just the way the music video is shot too you know like the panning yeah and the go- all going around and the and it was just very very unique yeah it definitely felt like a movie that's for sure yeah um that and i think that this this fact about who directed this video is so brilliant because i that adds another wrinkle into the this is america meaning of this video which is yeah. like this is america an Asian cinematographer captured this vision yeah. that I, call me ignorant, assumed a black person well, captured. Well, I mean, of course. And it make it that yeah. that's obviously that's that's the appropriate and the obvious assumption. Right. Um, but the fact that he's Asian is really cool. I thought I was like, oh, like way to go. Like Yeah, like you- I was sleeping on that fact. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> I bet a lot of people were sleeping on that fact. I mean, I'm I think that there's so much controversy going on and everyone's trying to figure out the meanings mm-hmm. and you know, deciphering about the lyrics and how amazing Ch- uh, Gambino is, but I think that, you know, the aspect of it having an Asian director might get a little overlooked. Yeah. Oh, it, totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and for me that was that was pretty big. I think that was that was like pretty I think awesome. that's huge. Yeah. Shout out to that director. I know, like, right? Get it for creating yeah. such a piece of amazing artwork. To me, it's the video of the year. Yeah, like it's gonna take every VMA and music video award. He'll probably win best director. Yep. But that's dope. It's like it's very literally like saying, "Don't sleep." Yeah. Like, don't sleep on Asian people. We are here too. Right. 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 I and mean, we- maybe our causes or we don't have you know asian lives matter i guess you could say or things like that that happen amongst us but i mean we're still a big part of america Fuck and it's yeah. only going to become bigger and especially in the entertainment industry for sure i mean you know? the crazy rich asians yeah, oh God, is so coming out. Out. out i know oh my goodness okay wait hold on <laughs> Because we could easily start talking about Crazy we Rich could, Asians. We could. It is on the horizon coming this summer. Check on it. I'm sure we will do a podcast episode yes, about it. Yes, for sure. Dope. <laughs> um, so pulling it back. So Childish Gambino or Donald Glover. Yeah. Uh, Which is also an awesome. Like, he's just amazing. Like, both names are awesome. Can I make a really ignorant... Um, <laughs> Did you think <laughs> he was a... Yeah? I thought he was, I thought he was Donald Glover's son. Yeah, I know. That's what I. I, I oh, Dan, you, I'm sorry. I thought he was Danny, Danny Glover's Glover, son. Yeah, I thought they were related. I mean, that it may make sense, but I mean, they're not obviously. But yes, I, I hope I, Gambino <laughs> listens to this podcast, but not to that part of this podcast. Because um, I wonder if he gets that a lot. But I'm anywho, sure he does. I'm sure he does. I mean, now that he's so up there, you know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, anywho, so he premiered this video. It is a a 
brilliant video that captures the juxtaposition of the chaos of the life that we live here in in America. Uh, And he juxtaposes that with the ways that we use to cope and the ways that we use to distract ourselves. Mm -hmm. He talks about gun violence. He talks about racial issues. It is a very laden, heavy music video. It is. And it's got this, like, sort of cartoony, over-the-top, you know, expressions and emotions, Mm -hmm. which make... When I was watching, I felt really uncomfortable. I think that's good. And and that's exactly, I'm sure, what they intended. Yeah. And that really sort of just, like comical and then and then there's the shooting and, and we can get into it but but yeah it was yeah. a very int- bizarre feeling totally i and i will address the the comical feel a little bit later we're going to essentially just go through the video yeah. and we're going to point out all the imagery to you and we're going to put our unique feminist intersectional spins on on it yes so with his first album he basically implored everyone in the world to awaken my love that was the name of his first album and it felt like people were like no i'm cool i'd rather just sleep and then he released (laughs) this video and it was like wha-bam like wake up once you've seen it you can't unsee it Mm -hmm. i told you to wake up the first time you didn't want to i had to throw cold water on you in the form of music video and now your eyes are open and you guys are thinking and talking yeah so hats off to you gambino Uh so We open on the video. We're in a warehouse. It's a very cold, chilling feeling warehouse. Yeah, it feels a little like, like almost like war times too. Yeah, Yeah, like Like internment campy. Yeah, or like a prison. Yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely. Either one. I got both vibes. Me too. Yeah, I actually thought internment camp first and prison second. Mm. I don't know why my mind went there. I think because there weren't literal like jail cells. Yeah, that my mind didn't originally go there. Right, but um, but the feeling of like the concrete and the bareness of it mm-hmm. and the openness was like really chilling. Very much. Yeah, I, I know that black people can relate to that feeling because sure. it feels like a prison. This yeah. tool that the system uses to keep us incarcerated and essentially keep us down. Yeah. So there's so there's the setting. We open up, there's this wonderful West African medley that's playing. Mm-hmm. And it sounds pretty cheerful enough, and we see a man walk into the frame. And this man, a lot of people caught on to the fact that he looks like Trayvon Martin's father. Yep. Trayvon Martin, just to give you a really brief refresher, he was shot and killed in 2012 by George Zimmerman, essentially just for being black. Black. And uh, his death's sparked the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. However, it is not Trayvon Martin's father. No, it's, it's actually a, it's a musician, right? It's yeah, it's an LA based musician named Calvin the Second. So this man is playing guitar, camera pans up, and we see Gambino. He turns around, and his dress, or lack thereof, is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So some people say, oh, he's wearing the pants that Confederate soldiers used to wear, like the pants that Very were part similar. of their uniform. Mm-hmm. That's one read on it. But to me, I saw him and thought, he looks like a young Fela Kuti, but with longer hair. Oh. Fela Kuti was a very influential Nigerian musician and activist. And he used his music to put a spotlight on the injustices and the racial prejudice that was happening in his country and in other parts of Africa. Mm. So to me, I was like, wow, you look like Fela. Like you look like a, a black musical icon right. who makes music for social change. And there's something about the shirt off and the bareness and just like yeah, the axis that felt very vulnerable and very almost like tribal. Totally. You know? Right. Um Definitely. simple and raw. Mm-hmm. You know, just like there's nothing covering it up. He also has two gold chains on. Yeah. Which I think is a bit of a double entendre. Yeah, I agree. Signaling how we 
are totally consumerist and we are yeah. we have grown to be a very materialistic society. Yeah. But also almost like it's a burden, like exactly. a, a mental or sorry, yeah, a mental uh barrier of some sort. It's holding him back. Back. But also gold chains are super common in exactly hip hop. Exactly hip hop. So it was just very, very lots of meanings behind it. Definitely. So he starts moving towards the camera. The camera essentially pans out and we see the guitar players. The guitar player. <laughs> play ass, play, <laughs> play ass. The guitar player, he is now hooded and he is no longer has his guitar. No He's longer just has sitting his on the chair hooded. Correct. Yeah. And he we still hear this African melody and then Gambino pulls out a gun. Sh- strikes a pose. I'll get to that pose yeah. in a second. Shoots him in the head point blank. Right. Now, I think that that scene has a ton of meaning. So much. Because that black man was just minding his business, playing his guitar. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the violence that came from the shooting of a gun has abruptly ended his life. Yeah. I don't think it is any coincidence that that is a lot of what is happening today mm-hmm. not just with black america or has been happening or has been happening <laughs> not just in the lives of black america no, though at not this point at all. in the lives of every american every american we're talking all kinds of 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 sort of innocent lives being put in a place yeah. where they have no choice no say and you know their their lives are ended in a matter of seconds totally yeah definitely uh it's interesting that you said what you said because I also think the double meaning in hearing this African uh, music play in the background mm-hmm. and shooting this black man, I think it's also sort of a subtle tie to slavery. Mm. You know, Africans were just minding their own business, living their lives in Africa before white men came and ripped them from their homes. And they were then, from that point forward, subjected to decades upon decades of dehumanization, degradation, violence, brutality, sadness, embarrassment, humiliation. And uh, they were just sort of minding their own business. Mm. So I I read that as a a deeper meaning. Mm. Um, So then we move on. He is dancing on. We then come into a choir, a choir setting mm-hmm. where... No, wait, hold on. Let me Did go back. Did I miss something? Did I miss when, something? When he, it. after he shoots him, there. this is an overall message throughout the whole music video, but in the way that they re- receive the gun... Oh my God, yes, talk about there it. There is such care reverence. and this sort of reverence to respecting the weapon. Yep. It's, it's handed this little, like little helper dancer boy comes out with a with a red red cloth mm-hmm. and almost like like presents the red cloth like to Gambino and Gambino puts the gun inside the ra- red cloth and he almost sort of wraps it like it's some gentle creature mm-hmm. like a baby yeah. and takes it away like there's just so much care and respect and attention which is exactly a reflection of how much emphasis and how many how, you know, the country places on weapons. Mm-hmm. How we value weapons and guns over the lives. lives. Totally. I right. think also the fact that it was a red cloth. I think some people thought it was velvet. Oh, I see. Um, I th- but we'll but, go with the red yeah. cloth because right. I don't know if you could clearly tell. Right, um, completely. I but, think it's specifically saying how red, Ameri- how, yeah, how red America 
really values their guns. Yeah, and maybe something to do with the blood and the color. Who knows, you know? It's like true. Being red, shedding blood, all this stuff. Totally. But I think that was the first thing, the, not the first thing, but right after he shot him, mm-hmm. that was the next thing that I caught was just like, wow, like they're handling it with so much care. Yeah, he's not just know? casting it off to the yeah, side. Yeah, or putting on. it back in his, po- in his, you know, behind his pants or, in, in, you know, um, stuffing it in his pants. He's like yeah. giving it away. Totally. And someone's taking care of it. Definitely. Thank you for calling me out. Mm-hmm. I was going to do the gun stuff after the second gun, but thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so we move on. We see the choir. Yes. They're singing. Gambino starts to sing with them and then shoots them all dead with an automatic rifle. AR, yeah. Obviously, this has lots of feelings of the 2015 shooting uh, in Charleston done by Dylan Roof, mm-hmm. who I think one thing that we forget when we think about that uh, event is we forget that Dylan Roof actually worshipped. He sat through a mass and worshipped with these black people. He essentially, for a very short period of time, came into their world and be and just and was living in it before killing them dead, mm-hmm. which I think is what was. I mean, really I know. Sinister. Was, did they say something? I don't remember if it was mo- like motivated behind racially what motivated. racially motivated. I think he had one of those uh, like young. manifestos. Classic. Basically, like, hating on black people. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but I think that that scene showed me two things. That black people are not safe. We are vulnerable at any moment of anywhere. the day. Anywhere. Even the places that we worship. Yeah. I thought Ugh, it was also interesting that he used an automatic rifle. Yeah. Uh, because there are some black theorists out there that theorize that if you really want gun control in America... Get automatic rifles into the hands of 50,000 black men and you will get gun reform way quicker than you ever thought. Wow. Because the thought behind that is a lot of white people own automatic rifles by and large way more than black people that own Uh guns. uh uh And so the thought is, well, if you equal the playing field, if you level the playing field, Uh we're using the guns that white people are using, you're going to get gun reform a lot quicker because suddenly white people don't feel like they have a a hand up Mm. in the gun in gun ownership. I see. The playing field is leveled. Like the central is now decentralized. Right, 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 right. right. So I thought that was uh, an interesting aspect gun choice Mm. yeah and i think it's even like the way he um he shoots them too he doesn't even like he just kind of throw like he just shoots like it almost like he just doesn't even look yeah you know he just sort of like uh, like uh, turns and then they they all fall and then once again totally the gun is taken with a red cloth yep just with extreme care Mm -hmm. and um and and it's just fascinating so we dance back into the depths of this warehouse. But let's just talk about the dance for a second. So a lot of this video was choreographed by a Rwandan female choreographer. And a lot of the dance styles come from different regions of Africa. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got a lot of Guara Guara style, which is oh, yes. native to South Africa. That's really symbolic because, as we know, South Africa went through apartheid. Yes, yes, yes. And so, and apartheid ended in 1991, by the way, wow. which wasn't that long ago, 1948 Seriously? to 1991. Oh my god! And if you don't know, what, that's a long time. I know, but also it's 2018. Like 91 was not that long ago. No, not at all. The 90s are still pretty. I mean, in my mind, the 90s are still pretty, pretty fresh. fresh. Yeah, jinx. Yes, <laughs> like still pretty fresh. Yeah. 
Um, if you don't know what apartheid is, it was the system of institutionalized racial segregation that existed in South Africa between 1948 and, and 1991 between blacks and whites. Just wanting to feel left out if you weren't quite sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it lasted a long time and it was not that long ago. And yeah. I wonder if South Africa is still feeling like the re the repercussions oh, of I'm sure. apartheid the way Some, that we are I think of segregation. Yeah, I think something like that for so long has to leave an imprint, yeah. like a deep imprint on your soul and the fiber of yeah. who you are. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. So anyways, so yes, yeah, so there's Guara Guara style dancing. And I think that there's a link between racism in the U.S. and racism in South Africa. There's also uh, West African dance and then really current hip-hop dancing. Mm -hmm. Really trendy of the moment current hip-hop dancing. So we see him dance and all of a sudden high school, maybe junior high age children yeah, in uniforms. clad in school uniforms immediately start replicating his dance moves, not missing a beat. Yeah. And they're cheerful. They like, are so like, happy. Despite the chaos that's happening in the background, Correct. they are like Amer like they're America and yeah. they're happy and it's jarring. It's really jarring. I think it's particularly jarring because these kids, A, they're clad in school uniforms, which sort of made me think, oh, is this is he talking about maybe a broken school system that we have here in the United yeah. States? Or yeah, or like exactly either that or I think the systematic brainwash mm. of like everything's fine, everything's fine and dandy, we're all great. Right. Really, not everything's great. Exactly, and I think that Gambino wants you to be jarred because yeah, it's oh, a jarring. It's supposed to sight be. to see. There's yeah. so much chaos happening in the background. It's almost like a little bit like along the lines of if we want to stick to this theme of like get out. Mm, like yeah, right in the beginning of the movie, you're really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Just like you know something's off, right? And you just can't pinpoint it, but all you know is that you're feeling uncomfortable. Definitely. But I also felt very sad in this particular scene. I did, too. Because all of this chaos is happening. And for a lot of black children, or not even just black children, kids growing up in urban areas where violence is rampant, they become so used to it and so numb to it. And they have to distract themselves somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that scene with the kids, I mean, there's, there's like... Uh, there's like cops, mm -hmm. people running everywhere, rioting. We'll say rioting. There's fires. Correct. There's that guy, that that horse. Yes. Oh yeah. That, we'll talk about that. We'll yeah, talk about like, that for sure. It was just very. And then and then you know and then, and then Gambino and his dancers are just cheerful dancing in the middle. Definitely. And I think he's challenging us in this. Mm -hmm. He's like. I know you want to pay attention to this happy-go-lucky thing right in front of you. Yeah. But don't forget about what's going on behind yeah. the scenes. I actually I actually stopped watching them, and I was just watching the background for almost half of and that. And it's kind of hard to do. Half of that entire section. Yeah. I had to actually be like, I think on a, on a conscious level, I knew what he was doing. Yeah. And so I, I purposely made myself stare at the background of right. what was happening. Because I knew that what he was doing and dancing and, and being was, was just more felt for me at that time for the first time of a, more of a distraction. Yeah, Gambino is definitely challenging us. He is. In he's this smart. particular. And he's super smart about so it. So smart. I don't know if you caught this, but in the process of like really focusing on the background, at two minutes and 13 seconds, you see a man commit suicide, jumping to his death over a railing. Did you catch that? No. If you watch it again, you'll see it. And I thought it was interesting that he 
included that in the video because suicide rates are extremely high in the United States right now. Wow. They're as high as they were 30. They It's a 30-year high. So, like, it's seen a dramatic spike. Spike. Um, and it's not just from one isolated demographic of people. Like, most demographics minus the 75 to 100, we'll uh-huh. say, uh, have seen a spike in wow. suicide. And that is definitely a reflection of society and how people actually, despite everything that's happening, a lot of people are probably really not fulfilled and depressed. Yeah, yeah. I think it it also has something to do with our economic fears mm-hmm. that some people are having. I think it has something to do with the fact that with social media, things like Instagram and Twitter, depression, anxiety, feelings yeah. of hopelessness, feelings of not being cool enough, feelings of of not succeeding. Not succeeding or not getting enough followers, like these are all things that contribute to the death of our younger children. Yeah. And I don't think that we could just turn a blind eye and not see it. Right. Like right, I think right. that that was very symbolic of Gambino. Yeah. So after we see this person jump to his death, the camera pans up and you see four kids recording on their cell phones. On their cell phones. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you picked up on the lyrics. Yeah, the celly. Yeah. So but the it's lyrics double, it could be totally. It could be the cell phone or Completely. it could definitely be a cell block. Yeah. So like the lyric is I think this is a celly, it's a tool. It's a tool. Right. And right. so the kids recording this brutality and dancing yeah. happening signals that they're numb to it, but they also are used to we're used to capturing brutalization on our phones uh-huh. and uploading it for likes. Yeah. But then also, this is a celly as in a, a cell block. Right. It's a tool. It's a tool to keep black people incarcerated and not um, forward moving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we got more kids dancing and then we see the white horse ride by. With a um, man and he's covered. His right. face is covered once again. So for all you Christians listening, you probably picked up on this biblical reference. Yeah. But if you didn't, uh, that reference of the white horse being ridden by a hooded man is from the, uh, where is my notes? It's from the book of Revelations. And it's the story of the horseman of the apocalypse. And so mm-hmm. this horseman is ushering in pestilence and death to the world. And the that scene, that story is talking all about the apocalypse and how the world is going to crumble and come to an end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you that picked up on that, awesome. If you are not a Bible scholar, I surely am not. I had I needed someone to tell me about that. Um, that's your reference. Yeah. And I don't think it was an accident. Not at all. At all. Super intentional. So then he takes a break, right? Takes a break. Everything stops. And he lights oh, up what yeah. looks like a, a joint. joint. Hand-rolled joint. Right. And this is, I think, signaling, like, can black people just have a moment to themselves? Yeah. Can we live? Yeah. And then I also think, like, an homage to just, like legalizing weed yeah it's everywhere like everyone smokes yeah oh my god you totally took the words out of my mouth because i was absolutely going to say that and then to piggyback onto that weed is something that black people have been locked up for for decades Mm -hmm. something that white people smoke just as much of Mm -hmm. if not more Mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure right but yet as a black man maybe not nowadays cuz depending it's on where better. you live it's changed and it's yeah. better but there are still definitely places where african american men if they are caught smoking weed are incarcerated they right. will end up right in that cold yeah warehouse and the cops will probably most likely take their weed and smoke it themselves <laughs> Jackie some feelings about the police do we have <laughs> 
so uh, we wind down the video. We are back to this guitar player. We're back to seeing the hooded man. He hops up on cars that are cars that are kind of reminiscent of the Beyonce formation music video. Yeah. But more specifically, they're cars that no one drives anymore. Yeah, all old American cars. Totally old yep. American cars that have no value Mm-mm. at all. Mm-mm. And he's just dancing in, on top of them and essentially entertaining us. Yeah. I wonder if what he is saying in that scene is, A, these these cars that have not seen any sort of fancying or finessing is a sign of, of black people and their difficulty towards upward, upward mobility. Mm. And the lack of progress that society has helped us has not given us to aid in creating a better life for ourselves yeah like society is keeping us down uh-huh, we're uh-huh. not moving up we're not upwardly mobile uh-huh. we're staying as we are if right. not just uh still trapped in the past yeah but i think the fact that he's like on top of a car dancing it's a good point and he like throws the joint away and right. then like breaks into it is just there's this sort of like there is this sense of like yet here we are and we're gonna do our best in a sense. Yes, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the feeling I got, at least from his dancing. Interesting. You know, because his dancing is, it was specific and I think he just, it was, maybe it was the way he was dancing. He was kind of going all for it and really celebrating and moving and, and, and enjoying that. I see what you're saying. But it was a weird juxtaposition of the like, Yet here are all these cars that have been tossed aside tossed that no aside one uses that anymore. Moving. Yeah, exactly. that's interesting. I didn't think about the fact that he was dancing on the car. Yeah, because I was more focused on the cars that have been forgotten about. I see. Some people can feel like black people are the forgotten people, but uh-huh. I didn't even draw that parallel between him him being on top of it. Yeah, sort of overcoming it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like hmm. here, you know, here we are, and I acknowledge, and maybe I know that this is happening. But maybe, you know, it's like all I can do is still dance. Kind of still just kind of keep What's ha- putting I mean, one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Like we have to keep distracting ourselves somehow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So the very end feels very get outy. It feels very sunken place. Placey. Yeah. You see him essentially being chased by a pack of white people and they are desperate to consume yeah. him by any means necessary. And he's like, you can see he's running for his, his life. life. Yeah. Literally. Completely terrified. Yeah. He's terrified. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like the meaning there is it's not enough to just devalue black bodies and destroy black lives. It's not enough to culturally appropriate. It's not enough to like strip black culture uh, or at we... least what you want of black culture and right. then disregard the rest. No, no, no. Now we need to consume every bit of you mm-hmm. mentally, Take you physically, physically, culturally, all of it. All of it. We need it. It's not just enough that you've entertained. Yeah, us. it's ours. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we've talked about the entirety of the video, but let's just talk a little bit about when it premiered and what was happening in the world. Mm-hmm. So, a th- a common lyric of this song is don't catch you slipping. Mm-hmm. Like, black people, don't let those white folks catch you slipping because mm-hmm. they're going to get you. So, he hosted, acted, and was the musical, musical guest, guest on SNL this past Saturday, which is a lot because generally it's a musical host or sorry, generally it's a yeah. host and a musical and, guest. Right, but never really both. So, SNL, if you think about it, it's like modern day vaudeville. If you strip away all of the, like, fancy TV production and networks and celebrities, like, it's basically vaudeville. It's a sketch comedy show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Before vaudeville, there were minstrel shows. Mm -hmm. 
And in minstrel shows, you would see characters like Jim Crow. Yes. You were saying earlier in the episode, he he was dancing in sort of a crazy, funny, exaggerated way. Mm-hmm. And Jim Crow was exactly that. Yeah. Jim Crow was a character uh, which was performed by a white man in blackface. He was over the top. And he was always, quote, shucking and jiving. Yeah. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. a lot of people felt like the beginning dances of this video, they felt like Gambino was doing something Very like shucking and, and jiving as well. Yeah. Exactly. So Minstrel C had a lot of blackface. Now, blackface and minstrel shows are not necessarily synonymous, uh-huh. since blackface predates minstrel shows by a couple of decades. Oh, okay. But... Blackface was very popular within minstrel shows. Right. And minstrel shows essentially were, were, were when white people would put on blackface and act out black stereotypes for other white people. White people. Um, I draw this distinction because I don't think it's any coincidence that Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, premiered this video either shortly after or during the time that he was performing on SNL. It was, mm-hmm. it felt like his way of saying, don't be slipping. Mm-hmm. Like, don't buy into the fact that you've seen me dancing and singing and acting and I have entertained oh, you. Oh, I see. But. But on a show run by a white man. Yes. With a part, with a mostly white cast. Yes. And I am a black performer. Yes. And a lot of the people that watch this show are white. hmm don't buy into the fact that I'm only here to entertain you. Oh, I see. That's I, fascinating. Yeah, and I wanted to bring up the the blackface too because, as I said before, like white men were performing in blackface now, and they were making money off of acting like black black people. people. Oh my God, that's so so fucked up. Right now, while blackface is no longer a thing, that doesn't mean that white people are not still making money off of black artists and black entertainers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say is while white people aren't playing black people anymore, white people in the music industry are definitely playing black people in terms of their image, their culture, their music for their own financial gain. Oh, yes. Especially in the music industry. I can't even imagine how many artists you know, that are so talented, mm-hmm. beyond talented, Yeah, you know, have gotten record deals and then just been sort of puppeteered yeah. because of sales and numbers and there you image. Go. And it just, I'm sure it's, it's, it's everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder how you navigate being an artist, whether you're of color or not, but how do you navigate being an artist, staying true to yourself, mm-hmm. but also having to do so in a way that makes someone else money because if you're not making someone else money like a musician isn't making the record label money you will be dropped right and and then obviously there's that pressure that you want to make money but at the same time you know you have these white producers that are banking on your talent in a specific way that maybe isn't true to yourself mm-hmm. and then so how do you play that game you know i mean we yeah it, we, I, we feel the same thing i think as an act as definitely actors, for you know? sure it's like how do i play into this type but know that this is not necessarily what I am or who I am. Right. But they need to see this because they, they obviously are casting this. Right. But or, do I turn down the job or do I, I totally. don't turn down the audition because I want to make money. Right. You know? Yeah. Or do I play into this type because at the end of the day, I'm an actor and I want to be cast. Exactly. And even if I am being typecast, cast is still a functioning word in that full word. Yes. And I want to make money because I'm an, a yes. creator, but I also have to live 
and I also have to support myself. Right. And also, it's like, do you play the game until, you know, you do have the name and the status to say, hey, I will no longer be doing this, which a lot of artists have gone through that, you totally. know? Definitely. At some point, you know, of saying, I'm not going to do this anymore because obviously I can now. Yeah. You know, they have the luxury. And, yeah. And granted, obviously, so do I just because I'm not Meryl Streep. But obviously, that would entail me turning down auditions, which is going completely against right. my whole purpose. Right. So it's just. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's it's fascinating. Yeah. So I, I think that that Gambino is a heady motherfucker. I like know. he is making us think and feel. It's amazing. I love it. I love love sort of like this conscious hip hop R and B that's just making you question because that's I think art is supposed to do that and 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 it's supposed to challenge you and and make you think about yourself and the world and the universe. Mm -hmm. And and it's great. Yeah, definitely. It's amazing. But anytime a really great piece of art comes out that is so sensational and like a cultural phenomenon. You there know. are always going to be some thirsty people always wanting to get their piece of the pie. No matter what. Because African-American people and Asian people just cannot make art and just have it stand alone. No oh, way. No. I mean, no, art, no, no, no. I think art in general, though. I mean, and especially something as significant as this. Yeah, there's always gonna be people be people copying there, no matter what. I mean, they do say imitation is the best form of flattery. Correct. But let's get into this kind of invitation. Okay, let's get into <laughs> it. So, uh, these this video has obviously spun a lot of parodies. I think the most talked about and the most criticized and the most dragged and slammed criticism of all the parodies has come from a comedian. She is Canadian. Her name is Nicole Arbor. And uh, you might have heard this name. She posted a fat shaming video, I think, on YouTube in 2005, I believe. Jeez. And she got completely dragged for it. Um, so she thought, I've already been dragged once. Might as well, well be dragged why twice. Why not again? Um, and she made uh, a This Is America Women's Edit. And it's a parody video. And in it, she basically spotlights the issues that women face living in the United States today. The pressure to be thin. The pressure to get married. The pressure to stay pretty. Mm -hmm. The pressure Mm -hmm. to, once you are married, to procreate. Mm -hmm. The fact that when women start families, our careers are forced to slow down. Yes. But when men have children... um, They, nothing happens. Or they have the option to have something happen. Right, right, right. They're in more control of their career trajectory. So this woman, Nicole Arbor, she is white. She is Canadian, as I said, and she is getting dragged left and right for this video. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the one tweet that I read that... Hold on. Before I say that, I have very mixed feelings about this video. So do I. So tell me, how do you feel? Okay. What are your, what are, tell me what your thoughts after watching so, that parody. I feel like I had to separate my opinions into that of a black American and into that of a feminist and a woman living in the United States. And in terms of being a black American, uh, there was a tweet and it was by Wokeness Blurred Everdeen. And she sort of took the words right out of my mouth. She said, Nicole Arbor's This Is America parody is proof white people think black pain and oppression is funny. They're constantly looking about things that don't ex- that they don't experience because they lack empathy. They laugh at our pain and deny our oppression while stealing our culture for money. Hashtag evil. 
I see a lot of what this lady is saying. And in that, here's this great piece of art that a black man has created. It didn't come from the mind of a white man or a white woman. And you can't just let it be. Uh You can't just let this man who has made such brilliance have his moment. No, no, no. You have to come along and you think that as a white woman, your issues and your problems are should be uh, at the center and should be viewed as just as important as the lives of black people. Mm -hmm. Which, don't get me wrong. We have our issues. We have our issues. Women definitely have our issues in the United States, 100%. Yes. Which is why I'm so conflicted. Because what she is saying in this video, I could get behind as a feminist. Mm -hmm. I can get behind the fact that there are men out there that do not want women to have any autonomy or choice over how they present their bodies to the world, their careers, how long their careers last, uh, and their function in society. There are plenty of men that would just rather look at women as attractive things and attractive beings, baby creators and carriers, mothers and caretakers, and that is it. But I'm conflicted because as much as I want to just totally drag this woman, Mm -hmm. I can't completely do that. Yeah. Because while as a black woman, I hate that she's like stepping on this black man's moment. Yeah. As a woman, I don't totally disagree with what she's saying. Yeah. I I just hate the way that she's doing it. I think she's taking the opportunity of how grand this moment is. Totally. And... No matter what, mm-hmm. he's going to get all the light and attention and everything else. And I think she, I don't necessarily feel like it's, see, I'm a little conflicted too because I don't necessarily see it as like she's stealing per se. She's She is using it as like a platform of like, hey, all of this is happening. Might as well also see that women are facing just as much of a degree of that issue. I think I use the word stealing because without the This Is America video that Gambino did, she probably would never have made oh, her women's, yeah. her woman's edit. I agree with what you mean. I, I see what you mean by that. Like, I'm, like I don't think she's well, the a, brilliant, yeah. cutting-edge mm, genius the way that Gambino no is. He is way. the artist of a generation. Not, a, not at all. And I, so that's why I said stealing. Yeah, I, I think it just... In my opinion, I don't. I don't think. Well, not. I don't think she should have done it. But I think it's like, it's. Yeah, I agree. It's just like, just let him have it. Yeah. Like, well, not only just let him have it. It's let, not about him. It's a movement. It's a yeah. piece. It's a, it's 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 a statement. Right. I, I was gonna say not just letting him have it, but let us as black people have these conversations in dominant white spaces that need to be had and that white people need to understand. Yeah. I think that's what I mean when I when I felt like she just really wasn't letting him and us have yeah. this moment to have and these I, critical and I think, discussions. And I think it becomes about and, and I think because she is white, yeah, she's a woman, but I think the fact that she's white I think I think it her making it about maybe more of like a woman issue, but the fact that she's white, I think, is a bigger deal mm-hmm. than than her being a woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, that's an interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. Observation. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I do. It's not necessarily that she is a. Oh, oh, I don't think people are gonna automatically see like, oh, 
yeah, that's a woman. And she's right. talking about woman issues. I think people are mostly going to see, like, well, here we are. Here's Gambino talking about America mm-hmm. and black people and America as a whole and something so much more deep and rich and fundamental. And then you and then mo, and then you see this white chick is like yeah. what most people are going to see. Definitely. Right off the bat. Well, you see you a know? white chick doing uniquely hip-hop dance moves or black dance styles. Yeah, and, and it's at a, the end and, of the video, she busts out into a Savion Glover-esque tap dance. Right, and it's insulting. Totally. Absolutely. You know? So, so yeah, I, I'm right there with you where I just, I, I, I get it. I get that she also, but I also get that she wanted to take that and be like, but look, mm-hmm. this is also an issue. Yeah. And we also need to pay attention to women and what we go through every day, and that's also a problem. Definitely. But also, yeah, you know, yeah you I get you, I, mean? I like, get you, yeah. We could keep going back and forth all day of just like, wh- like why and how and what and... Totally. But all in all, listen, Donald Glover is not explaining this video to anybody. Oh, I no. tried so hard to find some sort of explanation. He is not giving any explanation Neither to is. anyone. I remember I was, I was watching, um, I was reading an article about the director um, and he was saying like, he like welcomes it. He's like so yeah. excited that people are are really searching for the yeah. meaning and trying to figure out. And he like he he takes so much joy in that. But there, I don't think they are. No. they're trying to. Well, that's art, right? In a yeah, nutshell, exactly. What do you see? What do mm-hmm. you think? What yeah. do you feel? How does it affect? It's so you? subjective. Totally you know? subjective. So definitely, I think they accomplished what they wanted to. For sure, what they set out to do, and I think it's awesome. And I think if we can keep having, not only if somehow music and media and pop culture, because we are a society driven by, pop, especially here in Los Angeles, oh, at man. least I can say for yeah. sure. But you know, kind of all around the world too. Yeah. Um, we're driven by media and pop culture and, you know, people know more about the Kardashians than they do about our president For or sure. our government, you yeah. know? And so I think if we can sort of begin to have more conscious music, conscious television, conscious anything that's going to sort of drive these messages through in a way where people are going to get them easier and welcome it better because, oh, hey, because it's hip-hop. Oh, because, hey, it's R&B. Oh, because, hey, it's a TV show. Then we can sort of sort of begin to have a shift. For sure. You know? And I think it's about fucking time. Yeah. And I think all (laughs) in all... This video did a really great job of capturing how vulnerable it is to be black in America. Yes. We're vulnerable to joy at any moment. We're vulnerable to tragedy in any yeah. moment. And I think it also did a really good job at kept capturing just like, I don't want to say the ridiculousness of just like, of like the state of America right now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. of the guns and the violence yeah. and the people. And it was sad. But also of the distraction. Yeah. Whether it's conscious or unconscious, we are keeping Dis- ourselves distracted. Right. And the brainwashing. Yeah. 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 It was very sad, but so just, it was so real too, mm-hmm. you know. Made me think about checking my social awareness. Yeah. And I think that that would be the call to action for the end of this episode is like, Examine your social awareness. Where is it? How aware are you of what's going on in the world? Are you distracted on Instagram or are you like living your life with both eyes and ears open? Exactly. I totally agree. Like I think how many people go about their days? We all go about their days like I got stuff to do. I got gigs to do. I got auditions. I got meetings. I want to hang out with this Mm -hmm. friend. I'm going to grab lunch. I'm going to go to a bar. I'm going to do happy hour. Da, 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 da. Family gatherings. But beneath all of that, there has to have the sense of like you're here for a bigger cause Mm -hmm. you know you are here for change and so just just 
be that, you know? I got chills. I got chills. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I won't say any more. I'm not going to piggyback on what you said. I'm going to literally take some words out of Gambino's mouth and say, y'all must stay woke. Yeah. And that was the first, that was our first pilot episode. It was. It yeah. was. Totally. I know. Isn't it awesome? Look at you. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> uh, this is America. Black girl, Asian girl, make it up podcast. <laughs> Okay, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't seen This Is America video, do yourself a favor, watch it, and then watch it again and again and again. And email us, yes. podcast or blackandyellowpodcast at gmail.com with your thoughts or if any if we've missed any imagery. You can find us on Instagram at blackandyellowpodcast. I am Alana Webster or at Renegade of Fun. I'm Jacqueline Chung-Young. Uh, that's my handle on Instagram as well. And we'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, ideas, um, just, you know, let us know. For sure. And don't forget to find us on Apple Podcasts and rate and review. And we're on Spotify too, y'all. Woohoo! Alrighty. We will see you next week. Stay woke, y'all. Bye. Bye.